Have you ever felt stuck? Stuck in the negative habits, headspace, or a situation you found yourself in? Unable to change? Me too. This episode will leave you with a newfound sense of purpose, hope for real change, and the tools you need to get into a healthy, more joyful life. It's all about a journey to discovering whether or not breaking out of a personality stereotype is even possible, what personality tools are really meant for, and what God says about the concept of self-improvement in the first place. I'm going to be honest, after recording this episode, I'm feeling really renewed and motivated, so I hope you do too. Here we go. This is the Non-Exclusive Podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. Which is better, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? Good news! We have all of them. Find Non-Exclusive Podcast on your favorite social media place today. I've been known as a peacemaker or mediator for most of my life. I'm a middle child, I'm well in tune with my emotions on my good days, and I've been known to smooth over conflicts and help calm situations. When a friend of mine introduced me to the Enneagram, it gave me access to a new depth about the ups and major downs of my peacemaking tendencies. The Enneagram is a personality and self-development tool often used in counseling sessions or in understanding interpersonal relationships better. It explains nine types of people and how those types relate to each other. If you've ever taken another personality test like Myers-Briggs or DISC or Strength Finder, This one starts off really similar, but it quickly goes deeper. It unpacks your internal motivators, explains why you process and respond to circumstances the way you do, and even hits on wounds and tendencies gathered from your childhood that you brought into your adult life. According to the Enneagram, I am a type nine, and no surprise, that is labeled as the peacemaker type. And so after I discovered my type, I went through a series of feelings about it. First, Just plain fascination that what I read and heard about type 9s was extremely accurate to my inner thoughts and emotions. It was like they repeated back to me ideas that I knew so well about myself, but had never articulated out loud. It was so helpful to have language to explain what was going on inside my head and heart. Second, once you've examined yourself that deeply, you feel a little bit like your deepest secrets and flaws are now just out there on display. And I remember telling my husband that I learned about the Enneagram today and basically it told me I suck as a human. (laughs) It highlighted all the negative parts of myself that I had tried to hide. Third, after some time went by, I intentionally focused on the positive aspects of my type and on learning about other people's types. It became a fascinating and really fun conversation among friends and coworkers. We learned about each other and examined how our types affected our day-to-day lives. It was fun to have a look into my friend's inner world and helped us have a little extra empathy for each other. And then fourth, it became all the rage. I'm not sure why, but every social media account I followed, podcast I listened to, or workplace conversation I was a part of started bringing up the Enneagram. It was normal for people to put a disclaimer on the beginning of a sentence by saying, well, first of all, I'm an Enneagram type six. It provided this quick snapshot into their personality and motivations and often helped explain or even disqualify things that they were about to say. It really became this staple in pop culture or really in Christian pop culture, I might go so far to say. And then fifth and lastly, in my own personal life, 
recently, I've become really frustrated by the negative Enneagram 9 traits that kept showing up and wreaking havoc in my everyday life. I started attaching all of my negative habits with my type. Well, I'm a 9, and this is why I just want to hit snooze and avoid my responsibilities all the time. Since I'm a 9, confronting a coworker or having hard conversations just feels impossible. Type 9s are known for their need to avoid, and this is why I'm ignoring difficult tasks that will better my life and just watching Netflix instead. I felt completely stuck in my flaws, honestly, because now I had a name for them. I was always going to have this personality type, so I will always have to live with these bad habits. I not only noticed this in my personal life, but I saw it around our office too. Everyone was quick to say what type they are and often use it to explain their stress and negative reactions. While it helped us understand each other initially, it felt like we were starting to just trap ourselves in a stereotype. Weren't we meant for more than this? Here's the good news for all the Enneagram fans. I discovered that there is a vital part to the Enneagram I think we miss in the social media world and water cooler conversations. We're going to cover what that is, but first there's an even bigger, deeper, and more life-changing piece to the puzzle that I personally was forgetting. In a conversation with our friend and podcast guest, actually, Tasha Layton, I mentioned that I was a nine on the Enneagram. I don't remember the full context of the conversation, but what I do remember was Tasha looking me in the eye after I said that and saying this phrase to me. She said, you are not a nine. You are a child of God. That really stuck with me. Your identity does not start and end with your personality type, your flaws, or any other label that you've identified with. This concept may sound simple, but it's so easy to lose sight of it in day-to-day life. As someone who follows Jesus, I'm striving for a life that honors God because I love him and I want to give him everything in return for all he's done for me. When I let my laziness take over, when I try to keep the peace at the expense of a very necessary conversation, or insert whatever your personal flaw is here, that is giving in to temptation and choosing something that isn't what's best for me. Being defeated by my mistakes, temptations, and the negative is allowing our enemy to bring me down and dampen or even wipe out the purpose God has for me. When he made us his children, he called us to something greater. But the beautiful news is he doesn't ever ask me to do this alone. He's all for self-improvement and growth and has provided me with his Holy Spirit that's going to empower me to live the life of purpose that he desires for me. In his word, God wrote to us saying, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he also provides a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, by the way. And that's just scratching the surface. Let's unpack what God says about self-improvement and falling into old habits. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit's role in our strength and transformation. And let's talk about that vital piece of the Enneagram that I think our culture is overlooking. Okay, so Rebe, you mentioned a little bit about your Enneagram number. You're a type nine, and that looks a little bit like that's the peacemaker. That means you like to like hit the snooze button a lot. I'm lazy. That's what it means. 
on what, my bad days. What's your favorite word? Sloth? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's what they say. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, they kind of like... To describe the negative, unhealthy portion, they describe mine as the sloth, and it's terrible. She hates it. You can see why I've been, like, struggling a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that looks a little bit also like you avoid conflict. You avoid really any kind of tension in situations, which means it's hard to have a tough conversation at work where things are not, like, very obviously simple conversations to have. And for me... I am a type one, which is known as the reformer or the perfectionist. We like details. We like so much structure. Did I say we are perfectionists? Because I'm a perfectionist. Too much sometimes. (laughs) We have like really loud inner critic, which means that... We are so hard on ourselves, like so hard on ourselves. And that comes across um, to others sometimes looking like we're hypercritical of them because really we have such high expectations for ourselves. And for me, the things I struggle with are not having my identity wrapped up in the projects that I do. And the quality of those projects. The quality of them. For example... At work, you know, Rebe and I work at the same place. We're about to paint a whiteboard wall. You know, it's got to be straight. It's got to be perfect. <laughs> and we talked about it. We talked with our boss. Our boss left and I'm like, Rebe, I'm kind of freaking out because there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure because this whiteboard has to be perfect. She, she said, if the line isn't exactly straight on the top, it's going to drive me crazy. And I was like, Candace. Nobody else is going to care. And she's like, but I will. And then everyone's going to give me a hard time because the line is straight. And I was like, Candace, you've got to let that go. You cannot let your one define you in this moment. It's just going to it's just going to be bad for you. Honestly, she literally said that to me. You cannot let your one do this to you right now. Nope. Because I would, I would sit there and like paint the tiniest details because I need it to be perfect. Because if I did it and it doesn't come out perfect, then that means that someone else could look at it, say it's not perfect, and it would be my fault. And even though logically that doesn't make sense, like I can say it and see the flaws in that internally in my brain, it feels like a huge deal. And so some of these things with with these personality types can be super challenging, especially because these are things that we deal with. And yeah. and that's a really good example of the kind of thing I've seen. It's not just working with you, but I work really closely with you and a lot of other people, even just at work. And you see them start to be like, oh, well, I'm a one. So and I'm starting to just be thinking, no, <laughs> yeah. actually, no, you need to do that anyway. You are definitely you know? more than your number. Yes. Or your disc profile or your love language even, you know, like so many of these things we feel like put us like in a box, something that's like really helpful for me. And I know it is for you too. When we have people around us that tell us like, Hey, you're being a one right now. Let's step out of this. And that gives me the opportunity to be like, Oh, you're right. I'm totally like overanalyzing this. I'm overdoing this. It's not going to mean that it's going to be simple in that second to make a different decision. I'm actually going to have to like physically change my mind and like force it to go a different way. But it allows me that place to do that, you know. And so that's where that missing piece of the Enneagram comes in. You know, I see a lot on social media and in all of our conversations about, you know, what type everybody is and kind of like poking fun at it, which is really fun at first. And then it kind of feels like, why are we doing this again? (laughs) But um, a friend of mine encouraged me to look at the Enneagram integration 
portion and like more writing and conversation on that. And that is all about growth and what it looks like to grow in your type. And I have not really heard much about this, honestly. And that, I mean, it concerns me a little, It's but it's more just like, oh, this is great. Like this is actually a tool. Like it was meant to be a tool for self-improvement. Yeah. I don't think everybody's using it that way. But for me in my own life, for someone who it was really helpful at first, like to put words to what I was feeling and how I was processing things. It's really good to know. And it's been really encouraging to me that even this personality tool is pushing us towards growth. It's pushing us to be better and to be more than our stereotype. And I love that. Okay, so for example, Rebe is a nine. We've gone, we've said that, and I'm I'm currently reading about how what that looks like when she heads towards growth. So in growth, Rebe looks a little bit more like a number three. We're not going to dive into what all the three and all the other numbers look like, but what that looks like is Rebe's slothful, her favorite word, <laughs> and self-neglecting self becomes more self-developing and energetic. She's going to look about look like a really, really healthy three, which they're really driven and passionate. And that's so cool. But that gives you an opportunity to see like, oh, I have these amazing qualities about a nine. There's so many cool things with a nine. But as I grow, I'm going to grab some of these other amazing qualities about these other numbers. And it looks a little bit more like natural for yours to go to a three. But it can be that you're grabbing some of these other beautiful qualities from all the other numbers as well. Yeah. Another thing I really liked, I got this off the Enneagram Institute website. They have a lot of information about the Enneagram, where it came from and, you know, just how to use it. But on their website, it says, ultimately, the goal is for each of us to move around the Enneagram and those nine types, integrating what each type symbolizes and acquiring healthy potentials of all the types. The ideal is to become a balanced, fully functioning person who can draw on the power or virtue of each as needed. Each of the types of the Enneagram symbolizes different important aspects of what we need to achieve this end. The personality type we begin life with is therefore less important ultimately than how well or badly we use our type as the beginning point for our self-development and self-realization. That is something I've never seen anybody say. And I've seen a lot about the Enneagram at this point. And it's so it's really beautiful and affirming to me and encouraging to me to know that when you see these tools, first of all, they're not the end all. And second of all, I like that this one has built in that a healthy person is going to relate or be able to pull from the healthy positives of every single personality type. It's about being a well-rounded human and it's about growing out of your comfort zone and out of your negatives and into something positive and constructive. And it's really just kind of giving you a map of what some of those personality traits that you can grow into are. And that's awesome. Yeah, so that's I incredible. That. <laughs> I love it because that goes into all kinds of, I mean, personality types are like a thing. Forever, I think there will always be some other new test thing coming out because, you know, it was Myers-Briggs. We were real into Myers-Briggs for a while. And, I was anyway. Yeah, and, and that was a thing. And what I love about Myers-Briggs is that as I grow and mature, I find, oh, I'm actually just really balancing out. Mm-hmm. You know, I realize when I need to, like, really step out of my comfort zone, be be like the extreme extrovert. But actually, I really realize when I need to be an introvert as well be and alone. take that time yeah, and take still. balance. Yeah. And as I grow and mature, I'm like, oh, no, both parts are so valuable. You know, me going into like my creative side or my very organized side, whatever it looks like, I need to I need to have both. 
Yeah. Um, and to find that balance. And I think that's what you're saying. It's the same yeah. with like the Enneagram and any of them. You're just trying to find that balance and not to make us all like robot same humans, but because we're all going to still have strengths. Yes. You know, even if I get good at all the other numbers, probably my go to is still going to be to filter right. through and a little the, a one. And the idea is that, you know, your starting point, not yeah. so you can just like be stuck there or make excuses for yourself, but because you kind of have to know where you're starting and what qualities you do have already that are positive or negative to balance out everything else. And so I hope that's helpful. That was super helpful for me as you come in contact with more of these kind of personality tests and tools and ideas about how to discover more about yourself. They can be really helpful. And so I would still, if you're interested in taking the Enneagram, I would still recommend it, honestly. Like, it is really enlightening, but... Um, you're going to be going in knowing something that I did not. So hopefully you don't have to take it as the end all or be super discouraged. And hopefully it's just a helpful tool. Yeah. And that's what it's meant to be. I love it because it is such, to me, it's it's opened my eyes to a lot of things that I thought, you know, like, well, everybody just does this. But really it is just how I how I process and right. how I what what I'm how I'm motivated, how I handle some things. And it, it's given me like such a cool view into um, what my identity is and not as I'm attached to what the Enneagram says I am, but I'm able to go, okay, like I actually have a, a lack of grace for myself. So I need to know, I need to go to scripture. I need to go and know what scripture tells me about myself is, oh, there's more than enough grace. You know, like he has all the grace for me and he died on the cross. Like he literally has so much grace for me. And so I know that like I'm lacking in that. So I need to fill it up with like the truth and the words that 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 Holy Spirit can fill me up with. You know, it just helps me to realize and even just put into words what has been just spinning in my mind. So I think Enneagram is a super helpful tool and any of these things are tools, but they're not your identity. Right. And that kind of led me into this idea of like, okay, I know I want to not stay stuck. And I am a follower of Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit's with me. I believe that, me too. you know, he's gonna, he's called us to live a life of purpose and say no to temptation and all of these things. And so I was like, wait, what does God actually have to say about self-improvement? Because I think I've lost sight of that from time to time. And there's so much. First of all, I just believe that like the idea of discipline is a biblical value just like we are prone to mess up we are prone to forget what is important it's just part of being a human and it's part of living in a world that i believe's fallen and just is broken right now and someday he's going to come back and fix it but for now it's broken <laughs> yeah and so discipline putting good habits in our life and giving us structure is just a protection for ourselves and it's just helping us thrive and I'm going back to my nine for a second, but I don't really like discipline. <laughs> I guess no one does now that I'm saying that. But like, I don't really like having a lot of structure or habits. Like, I kind of want to just be free to like make my own choices. And I just don't do well with that. And so that's part of it. That's part of it too, just learning to bring discipline into my life. So if you're a Jesus follower, you have so much promise of a new life because when he died for us, he did that so that we could let our old selves be gone. It says in 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And there's so many implications to that, but that also goes to 
those kind of sinful or less productive parts of ourselves that I've been really frustrated with myself about recently. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I don't have to be stuck there. He died so that I don't have to stay stuck in my sin in any way, shape or form. And he also like he gave us his Holy Spirit. It talks about that. Like before Jesus leaves Earth, he brings his Holy Spirit and that's meant to empower us. And he even tells us things like put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Because, of course, the devil wants me to sit here and be defeated like well, I keep going back to my same bad habits. Like, well, I'm just terrible at having hard conversations. Or like, like, well, my inner critic is just really loud and it's always going to tell me bad things right, about I'm myself. Right, I'm just going to have to sit so here I'm just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's not truth. Yeah. Like, literally, as you're talking about this, I'm like, okay, so when I feel like hypercritical of myself, when I think that, like, it's not perfect enough, then I need to remember, like, literally, Christ died so that I would have new life, so that I could actually look at something that was that is not perfect and be like, you know what? It's still good, mm-hmm. you know? And or it's okay. Like yeah. there's, there's still so much purpose yes. here. There's still much purpose for you and in this situation. And, and like that. that seems like a tiny thing for it to be like, you know what? Christ died so that <laughs> I am not mean to myself. But it's true because he made me. He loves me. He wants me to have grace. He wants me to, like, he wants me to see what he what his yeah. good work is. And, well, he you gave know. you grace. So yes. he wants you to, like, walk in it yes. and be confident in who he made you to be so that you can do, go out and do great things and what he's called you to do. Like, that's, that's what it's about. That's super powerful. And there's so much purpose in that. Okay, so we have to get to that practical application because let's be real, I still have my bad habits. <laughs> yep. Just going to be honest, this episode is as much for me as it is for you because um, I'm just in that rut. I'll just be really honest. I still have my bad habits. Uh, me too. And I cannot get over them or get better by myself or without a plan. And so we have a plan and some ideas that I hope will be really helpful for you. And please know... We're working on putting these in our personal lives all the time as well. It's a journey, and we need these reminders for sure. Definitely a journey. Yeah. Okay, so number one is we think you need to know the truths that God wants you to grow. He wants you to have those disciplines. He wants you to know that you're a new creation. And so these are just a bunch of scriptures that we have found really helpful in our own lives that are just kind of like a broad overview of like, no, you are a new creation. Yeah. And you get to repeat these to yourself or write them down, put them places you can see them, like whatever works for you. Because while we were preparing for this episode, I was writing down these verses and I ended up like just jotting them all down on my journal, like actually copying them out. And by the time I was done and looked at all of these together, oh, it was so encouraging. I was like, oh, yes. Like, I knew this, but I kind of forgot how many times God talks about getting rid of the old self, how it doesn't, it's not here anymore. It doesn't have power anymore. And he wants us to live this new life that's full of purpose in him. And it's great. So I'm going to read these off right now. We'll link them and list them in the description of this episode. But for right now, just listen to them and just let them sink into your heart and your mind. And while you're getting to hear a few of these all together and this amazing truth. So the first one is Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
He also says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And then in Ephesians 4.22-23, he talks about how it's time to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed by the spirit of your minds and to put on a new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Love that. Like new self. Like he promises that to us right there. And then this last one, I will warn you, it's a tiny bit longer, but man, this is what it's about. So it's in Romans six, starting in verse one, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. I would encourage you to read like all of Romans 6, but I'm going to stop there. You get the idea. And I think that's incredible. It's it's not that the sin goes away. It's still, I'm still going to come back and struggle with some of these same things, even after I've kind of kicked it this time. And that doesn't mean that we're any less sin or we have any less faith. It just means Good thing we have the Holy Spirit with us because we just get to keep fighting and keep reminding ourselves of these truths. Like that's why he gave them to us. And so I love just seeing those all together and just kind of letting that reassure me. Oh, yeah, I don't have to be a slave to my old self like all those verses were saying. I I am made new in Christ. And even though things aren't perfect here, I get to strive for that and walk in that and be free in that right now. And that's really cool. And I think that that just changes your perspective and your mindset and kind of your attitude when you're in the day-to-day thick of it. And it's like you referred to earlier with Tasha is like, you're a child of God. Like that's, that's who you are. You're a child of God. You're a new creation, which just means that you get to live in that like that freedom of going through and not feeling like you're attached to all of your past regrets, struggles, fears, whatever it looks like. And so all of us have those things. We all have those things that we struggle with, whether it's something in our Enneagram number, whether it's just our our weaknesses, like they're really hard. And so honestly, our next practical step is figure out what those things are. You probably already know what your weaknesses are and then find out what is the opposite. What's the truth? What does the Bible actually say is true about that? And those are the things that you've got to like know in the good times. You know, you got to like research. You got to find all your ammunition for when it's a bad day. It's one of those days when you cannot see clearly that you feel lazy, tired, overly perfectionist, super hyper detailed. What Those are just ours. But <laughs> you're going to know what yours are. Yeah. And on those days when we feel like that, I have to know actually what does scripture say about that you know and some of these verses that we just said are perfect for that but there's going to be some that you need to research that you need to find that are going to combat your specific struggle and those are so powerful because you need them you need them on the good days and you especially need them when it's hard 
So I would so encourage you to find out what those are. And it really is empowering. Like you can even just do this on Google if you want to just start like scriptures about weakness, scriptures about fear, scriptures about worrying too much, like whatever it is. You can just start there and there's something really empowering about it and like finding that for yourself and just seeing it for yourself. Like you kind of, it's like proof right in front of you. Like, okay, I'm not crazy or I don't have to stay stuck. It's just God said this. Yeah. And this is something that I can trust. Like if you are a follower of Jesus, then you know that, you know, it's like, this is something I can count on. And that's, that's so reassuring to me. It becomes that light in the darkness or the like the hope that you need like your hope is in in like in Jesus and so in moments say yours is fear here I'll give you like a very practical example you deal with fear or anxiety or worry well there's a perfect verse for that and it's 2 Timothy 1 7 not give us a spirit of fear but of power love and of and a sound mind that's powerful to me. I mean, that's powerful to me. Like yeah. he promises to renew my spirit and my mind. Like he gives me a love, power, and a sound mind. Like yeah. that it conquers so much. And it literally combats what Satan tries to tell you. You should be afraid. You should be afraid. You should be afraid. And it's like, no, I didn't give you that spirit of fear. I didn't give that. I didn't put that in your life. So I actually put these things. And not only is he just, he's like, oh, Satan's trying to get you on fear. And I'm going to give you three times the things. So he's he's like giving he's like multiplying it. So that's just a practical example. You know what you struggle with. So you're going to be the one to find those verses and find those words. Um, and those will be super helpful. Again, put them on your mirror in your bathroom as you're getting ready. Put them on your ceiling of your room if you need to in your car, wherever you need to make it your screen on your phone. But those things are going to be so good for you to just have. Um, And no, so that when you are having just one of those days. I just Googled some verses about laziness and found 21 really good ones. There you go. While Candace was talking. (laughs) So it was literally that easy. And I'm just like, well, here we go. It says, whatever you do, work with it uh, all your heart um, because you're working for the Lord. Okay, that's a perspective change. Or whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God, to the Father through him. Okay, let's start by giving thanks. I can do that. And I know from personal experience, oh, that's actually going to change my attitude. And it's funny because I know that. And then I look, I'm like, oh, that's biblical. Anyway, that it's, was just my practical little it's example. It's so good <laughs> because as much as we know, we could have literally heard these things since we were t- like a tiny child in Sunday school. But it's different when you have to actually practically look at it again and apply it to your life, apply it to what you're walking through. You know, we've experienced, we know that when we're grateful and when we're thankful, that changes things. It's really hard to have a bad day when you're telling God how great he is and how thankful you are for him. Totally. So if you can like, we know these things, but those scriptures are so valuable as reminders. Yep. And then the third thing. Yeah. And so if you're more, this third thing, if you're really into a specific personality thing if you're really into the enneagram or you want to learn more about that there's a lot of really good information and even good like instagram accounts that help you intertwine the gospel and what you believe about the bible in with the enneagram and personality types and things of that nature and that's really helpful um i think i need to follow more of those accounts and less of the joke accounts at the moment (laughs) (laughs) i mean those joke accounts sometimes give me a good giggle but especially when i'm like oh my gosh that's me i so relate and Mm -hmm. then i'm challenged because i'm like oh i don't want to be that that's not like 
Um, so yeah, even the joke accounts could be inspiring. One of my favorite um, Instagram accounts to follow that's um, about the Enneagram is Beth McCord. Her Instagram account is your Enneagram coach. And what's really cool is I've noticed um, so much of her her posts and everything and all the conversations she has really weave in like truth of like what God says we are with Enneagram, which to me is really cool. She did a whole series about how does the gospel free you as your number? Like, so for Rebe, it was really cool. I just read it to her, um, what um, her post said. And it was just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to enable you to truly know and believe and trust that Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection perfectly demonstrates that your presence matters. This frees you from the need to hide behind and merge with others to have an identity. Your passions, your opinions, your desires are all significant and should not be hidden. You bring radiance, joy, and real peace to everyone and everything. Your presence really does matter. First off, reading that about my friend, I'm like, oh my gosh. You don't know? Candace is always like, you really feel this way? You don't know that your presence matters? Yeah. I need you in my life. Your well, presence like matters. She always talks about like you weren't meant to hide because that's something that I've been annoyed with the, myself about is that the nine type tends to avoid things and especially avoid hard things, but just avoid. And so that's really encouraging and challenging. Like, no, you weren't meant to hide. You were meant for more than that. And yeah. I love that. And like for me, I love that she started that sentence with pray and ask Holy Spirit to enable you, to show that's, you. That's the that's differential the key. factor. This is yep. the part is that if I scroll down and I look at mine, it's rest in knowing that you are imperfect. You are an imperfect human, yet spiritually perfect in Christ. Like those are things I need to know that God died for me and it covers my past imperfections, my future imperfections, all of that. And that's really valuable for me to know. And for me to talk to Holy Spirit about this and be like, you know what, God, I need you in this. I need you to help me with my weaknesses, to help me with my imperfections, to help me with these things that feel like they're just natural to me. And I'm just going to function like this. And he can point out and show you all the beautiful things that he has for you in how he created you to be. And that's so cool because he made us unique. There's a reason why me and you are not the same humans and we're not going to process the same. And that's so cool. And he can give us that insight way better than anyone else, than any Instagram account, than any personality type. Um, Holy Spirit has the so much knowledge, even about us, that we don't even know. And he can share that with us, you know? That's why I specifically love some of these um, Enneagram pages. So they're really practical. Again, it's going back to knowing what God says about you. And that's really all of these three steps are very, very clearly like, know what scripture says you are. Mm -hmm. Those things can free you in, in your weaknesses. Yeah. So you're not the only one who's feeling frustrated or stuck or defeated. And if you only hear one thing out of this whole episode, remember that you are not that stereotype. You are not your flaw. And you don't have to stay stuck in them because of Christ, because of what he did for you. And so a new creation. This is the great news. I just feel like we're ending this episode on a really huge up note. And I'm feeling really good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I hope, I really hope it, you know, kind of radiates the same thing to you in your day. And so we are so encouraged by this and we hope that you are too. And we hope that this helps you just live in your true identity today in spite of those weaknesses or flaws, because you are more than that.
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17